What makes a proper villain? Close your eyes and think. Is it the nefarious plans, the unlimited resources, or the downright evil in their minds? On this podcast, we're going to take you through our favorite proper villains, through books, nonfiction, spies, and more. Now sit back, relax, and let's get villainous. Welcome back to Proper Villains. I'm Robin Englehart Bagley, and I am really excited for Thanksgiving this week. And I'm Caitlin Bagley, and we are joined, as always now, by our Proper Villains pup, Bones. She, she, we get ready to record, and she hustles in the office and lays down as quickly as she can. And it's hard to even close the door around her. You have to, like, pick up her head, and she, she's not leaving. Yeah, well, I have a very small office, so, you know, it's, so yeah, deep breathing, that's Bones. So we are here today with a mini-sode. Because the prosecution has rested in the Bad Blood Theranos trial. Yes. And uh, shockingly, they they rested and the witness I was waiting for for so long, Tyler Schultz, did not testify. And I still don't understand why. I don't know how that's possible because he was the whistleblower. Yes. And Elizabeth made his life hell. Yeah. For years, Theranos harassed him for years. Years. They ruined his relationship with his grandfather for years. Yeah. I just don't understand when he was that key to breaking open the whole can of worms mm-hmm. you know because he was he was one of Kerry Rue's John Kerry Rue who wrote Bad Blood uh his main sources yeah like what happened why wouldn't you call him to the stand I don't know I don't know if it's because he is now according to the New York Times opening his own diagnostic um like firm mm-hmm. I don't know if they thought maybe the defense would call him a liar and trying to destroy her on purpose I don't know. I don't. I. I just. I, was I don't know if it's because he wrote a book about it, <laughs> but that shouldn't matter. I, I. I mean, he was still a witness. I. I'm just shocked that he wasn't called, and and other people that weren't called. Henry Kissinger was not called, but you know the man is ancient, ancient. and and maybe just was not physically able to testify. Yeah, but Rupert Murdoch. Didn't That's testify. the one I wanted to testify because not only was he an investor mm-hmm. who she took for millions. Mm-hmm. But he owns the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And she tried to force him to kill Carrie Rue's story in the Wall Street Journal. Why wasn't that? Why wasn't he there? Yeah. She lobbied him hard about trying to kill that story. And I thought, don't we want to hear about that? Uh, Who else didn't testify? Well, David Boyes and uh, and John Carrie Rue. Yeah. I don't... Maybe David Boyes was nudging really close to attorney-client privilege. That's possible. That's my thought on that yeah, one. Yeah, that, that could be, you know, because, you know, Theranos and I think Elizabeth were both his clients, so maybe that one. But I was I was curious if John Kerry Rue uh, would testify, but he didn't either. No. So. Again, I don't know if it's the book thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, so who did testify? Okay, James Mattis testified. Right. And that, I think, was quite damaging testimony I mean, he was very clear that, you know, no, it was never, it was never in medevac helicopters. It was never on the battlefield. It was never used for any of that. And then they showed memos where she claimed it. Yes. Yes. And then the former lab director that I don't remember his name, I think it was Adam something. There... And I apologize. I didn't look that up. He was on the stand yeah. for 
days. Right. And I think there were a few lab directors, so I might, if I tried to say his name, I'd probably, like, combine two people. <laughs> yeah, there, there were a few. He was he was on the, the stand for, I believe, six days testifying. Oof. So, And I think that was a lot of science. And dry. Yeah. Probably not the most interesting. Um, but uh, Daniel Edlin, who was a friend of Elizabeth's brother Christian, and came to work there with Christian after they were out of college. He kind of became almost like a, a third in command kind of yeah. guy, kind of the chief of staff, sort of. Yeah, in Carrie Roo's book, they kind of call him frat boys. Yeah, because all of Christian Holmes's friends from the fraternity came and worked yeah. with him. So, and and he was there quite a few years, and he was kind of a fixer. Yeah, and he Elizabeth in a civil suit had to answer to his emails where he was screwing with results yes so that i think his his testimony was probably pretty interesting they also had um eric chung who was like with tyler schultz she yeah. was another whistleblower she worked in the lab right it was when we discussed this previously mm -hmm. um if you go back to former episodes where she was printing out how reliable the edisons were and sunny belwani was ripping them down down you know, because she was posting, you know, about all the errors, and he's, like, ripping them down and throwing them in the garbage. She testified. Right. She was um, very early, too. Yeah. Roger Parloff, who wrote about Elizabeth, testified. Yes, the Fortune magazine article that just was her media sensation debut. Mm -hmm. She started giving it to investors, and he's since apologized and yeah. wrote a new piece on her. Yeah. Yeah, he, he actually does feel pretty guilty about that. We also had uh, representatives from Pfizer who testified that they never were working with Theranos and had never endorsed anything. And then again, they show Theranos memos with Pfizer logos on yeah. them. They were creating some sort of report, I think. And like, these companies have endorsed this and they were using Pfizer. And Pfizer's like, we have no clue why our logo is on yeah. this. We've never worked with her. So I think that was probably pretty damaging. Right. Uh, we also heard from Safeway and Walgreens reps who both testified about the relationship they did have with Theranos and how badly that went. Right. <laughs> so on both cases. Yes. I mean, well, and, and Safeway never even got, got anything off the ground. No. They spent like hundreds of millions of dollars, but they never got anything off the ground. But Walgreens had the, they had Edison's. They did well. And they were um, FedExing. Um, the results back, back to Palo Alto. And they were testing them there. And that's where a lot of those bad results started coming from right you know you're being told you're hiv positive and you are not you're miscarrying and you're, you're not. not or you're pregnant and you're not or your cancer is back and actually you're still in remission you're about to drop from a stroke and that wasn't and then so they're spending more money they're rushing to hospitals spending mm -hmm. much more money on tests to find out no this isn't the case the other one that always stood out to me in those because those are all actually Results that happen from mm -hmm. Theranos, if you read John Carrier's book or mm -hmm. listen to the podcast. Um, how how inaccurate the syphilis tests were? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was actually a running joke not to get STD tested by Theranos mm -hmm. by the employees. Yes, that was. And that was in his one of his recent episodes of Bad Blood, the final chapter. Right. And, you know, they were reporting that it was like 95% accurate or something like that. And like, what was it, 60 or 65% yeah. was the best they could do. Yeah. And that was a good day if they could get yeah. that. So it was just appalling, Ugh. you know. So, 
there there have been some you know really interesting um, testimonies, but now the prosecution is done. We're moving on to the defense. I think before we move on to what the defense has started with, we should talk about the jury. Yes, because the jury is unusual and dwindling quickly. <laughs> quickly, <laughs> so they lost one right away. Right within a, like, like second day of the trial, they lost the first one who said it was a financial hardship, which that should have been covered in their questionnaire because they had a huge questionnaire. Plus there was Wadir. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, why didn't this come up? So bang, we lost one within a couple days. Yep. Then the second we discussed who was Buddhist again, should have come up in Wadir. Mm-hmm. She could determine guilt, but she doesn't believe in punishment. So she could not then do the second part of the trial where it's of sentencing. And that was several weeks in, like maybe five weeks in. So there'd yeah. been a significant chunk. So that's not a great time to lose a juror. Then we lost another one. Because she was so bored, she was playing Sudoku instead of listening. And, and the judge said, well, are you bored? No, no, I'm listening. Well, you can't listen and play Sudoku at the same time. She was like, oh, I multitask like this all the time. I can like read and knit. I can watch TV and knit. I cannot watch a, t- a foreign movie with subtitles and knit mm. because I have to read the subtitles and I can't focus on my hands. Yeah, it's, so you it's cannot listen to a multi-billion dollar fraud trial mm-hmm. with someone facing over 20 years in prison and do a very hard game. Yeah, yeah. And I've tried Sudoku and I think it's it takes it took me a lot of concentration. I can't so. do it. It's impossible. So we're down to only two alternates left. Yes. So, and the defense is just starting. Yeah. So this this could be problematic. Mm-hmm. And we can lose we can lose two more jurors and have the two alternates step in. Mm-hmm. And if we go to deliberation, we can lose a juror and they can deliberate with eleven. Mm-hmm. They cannot deliberate with less than eleven. So if they lose two in deliberation, mm-hmm. it's a mistrial. Yeah. If they lose three before deliberation, it's a mistrial. mistrial. Yeah, I'm. It's bizarre to me what's going on with the jury yes and i'm i'm worried that you know if she was so bored she's playing this game how many of them were listening yeah that is kind of scary because i think that that's very problematic when they had so much i guess the science is really a lot of it you know it is important but that is very concerning that people may not be listening and of course they're going to close with the defense and that will be more memorable right and Speaking of memorable, mm-hmm. who's already testifying? Elizabeth Holmes has already taken the stand. Yes. She is, I believe, the second or third witness, and the defense has only been on for a couple days. Yep. Their first witness was a paralegal that they made count all the patents that Elizabeth and Theranos held. I feel really bad for that guy. Oh. And I I don't see the point in that one. Like, no. oh, they held all these patents. They had to, she had to think they were legit. I don't know if that's what they're going for. I think it is. Yeah. And now Elizabeth has only testified for an hour so far. As you're listening to this, Elizabeth will be retaking the stand on Monday. And what drives me insane is how she's being covered. They aren't talking. They I can't find an article about what she has said so far. Nothing. Everything is, she took off her mask. She's a breath of fresh air in this long trial. She's not wearing a black turtleneck. She hasn't worn a black turtleneck since it started. Right. She hasn't worn a black turtleneck since Theranos fell. Yeah. She's not wearing her red lipstick. Of course she's not. She's wearing a mask. Mm. The only one I was even slightly interested in was this one article 
that talked about how her voice doesn't sound too deep. Like, no, because it was a ruse. Of course it doesn't. (laughs) So, yeah, now she's going to use her real voice. But I would have to say that, you know, because they're talking more about what she's wearing or what she's not wearing, rather than what she's talking about, what she is testifying to, that simply wouldn't be the case with a man. But if it's a woman, got to talk about what she's wearing. Instead of a fraud trial, we've turned into fashion week. And that is so frustrating. They were talking about Jim Mattis not going up in uniform. What, what's going on? Yeah. And, and of course, and also bewildering to me is that there are female journalists doing it as well. Almost every single one I've read have been female journalists. That's yeah. one reason I'm so mad. Yeah. It just bugs me. It's like this woman bilked almost a billion dollars out of investors. Let's talk about what she has to say. Right. You know, and of course they're going to paint a very rosy picture. But one thing there, I've read so much like in a surprising move. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. We knew she was going to testify. Everyone knew she was going to testify if they were paying attention because her defense is that she was being abused. Who else can testify to that except her? And it kind of sounds like there might be two prongs to the defense. Because there's one, that she was being abused by Sonia Balwani. Right. And that he was forcing her to do all this stuff. I would hope that is quite quashed by all the text messages that have been read in court between them. Right. Obviously, he was not, you know, pushing her to do anything. He was trying to leave. And he was trying to slow her down sometimes. And she was just full steam ahead. He's like, we probably shouldn't say that. And then... My apologies. I have a grumpy healer outside the door, and he wants to be in here, too. So, the barking. Was that yours, healer, or mine, mine actually? I I think it's mine. It sounded like Finn. So, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it also seems to be a, a, like, well, this is just what startups are like. We fake it till we make it, and maybe we don't make it, and we overpromise, and sometimes we don't deliver. And it's just really a, it's just how it's done in Silicon Valley. Right, and the journalist, journalism community is running with that, where if, if she's convicted, tech startups are going to be in a lot of danger with this new precedent. Mm-hmm. It's like most tech startups get a few thousand dollars and crash, and it's like, well, we tried. She had billions. Billions with a B. Yeah, and and I just think that that's a very – it's like she defrauded. Most do not set out to defraud fraud actively people for years right and most aren't claiming to have fda mm-hmm. licenses yeah. when they don't most people are like we can do this we can like make your pictures really fast yeah. it's not we can tell you if you have cancer yeah with a drop of blood so right. yeah I, I just think that that the seriousness of it is very concerning but i'm i'm worried that she's gonna get away with it I am too. I thought she was dead to rights when this started. Yep. And I don't think I'm scared. that anymore. But, you know, but I think we always figured she would take the stand because if she is going to testify to being abused by Sonny Balwani, she's the only person that can do that. Right. And and we were aware of that because we've been listening to John Kerry Rue's Bad Blood, the final chapter, mm-hmm. which is covering the trial and, and fascinating. So I think anyone who's been listening to that wasn't surprised about Elizabeth Holmes taking the stand. Right. I'm sorry, anyone with a brain that was like, hmm, she's probably going to have to defend herself. Like, it's never advisable to take the stand, mm-hmm. but I'm just sitting here like, it's not surprising. No, it's not I, surprising. I don't think it is. And I think she's getting up there to do what she does very, very well. She's one heck of a showman. She is. And she convinced all these people to give her 
hundreds of millions of dollars. She had her board of directors completely snowed. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's going to take the stand and she's, she's going to use it one last time for this. And yeah. I don't know. We'll see if it pays off or not. But Yeah, because, I mean, she snowed generals, secretaries of state, secretaries of defense. Mm -hmm. You, It looked like she was being funded by the CIA. Yeah, you too. think 12 normal people aren't going to be swayed by her? Yeah, I'm worried. I, and I know everyone says juries aren't as stupid as you think. Mm -hmm. But this woman has proven to be a phenomenal con woman. Yeah, she is. She is. When it comes to con women, she is one of the best. Yeah. So, you know, and you just know if she gets acquitted, you know. We're going to see her again. Oh, my God. Well, we're also, she's going to write a book. There's going to be a movie. I mean, there's going to be a movie from Bad Blood, John Carrier's book. But she'll she'll write a book. She'll get a movie. She'll have all sorts of stuff. She'll, she'll do the Sunday news show panels. Oh, my God. Yeah. If she, yeah, it's going to be, you know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be 2011 all over again. Oh no! So, <laughs> so I do want to say where we got some. We've been you know, reading a lot on this. Obviously, the Bad Blood podcast has uh, so been a really important source for us. Uh, the New York Times, Business Insider, CNN Business, and CNET. Right. So they were all. I mean, there's a lot. The Wall Street Journal is also covering it, but everything's behind a paywall. So we've not been able to read that because I'm. I'm not going to subscribe to the journal just for this. So. No. Sorry, Rupert Murdoch. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, well, thank you for joining us. You'll be hearing from us again, uh, but we are back with our regular season on December 2nd. So we'll see you with more villainy. Yes. <laughs>